Hey guys, this is Jeremy from 70 Productions, and this is the Level Up Podcast. This week with us, we have Stephen Mindrum. Hey there, good to be here. And T.C. Johnson. Hey, hey. This week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about what church technology needs to do after Easter. But before we get into that, I want to talk about our sponsor for this week, Buzzsprout.com. Buzzsprout is the perfect option for you, whether you're wanting to do a podcast for yourself for your blog or for your ministry. Honestly, is the perfect hosting platform for any church. If you're wanting to just share your sermons that you have every single week, or if you want to go to the next level and be able to do something like a devotional or some other things that we recommended on our Level Up newsletter, uh, you can take some of the ideas of what you had researched that week for your sermon but didn't make it in on Sunday. You can offer some other ideas that happen after church service that maybe somebody shared a great story. Maybe you have some challenges that you weren't able to get in. Maybe it's just a simple devotional based on the entire theme of what the week is supposed to be about. A perfect thing for you to be able to host for your church, to be able to engage with your congregation, your leadership, your volunteers, even your community. So consider signing up today. If you go sign up, you can get two free hours every single month to be able to host for your podcast. So go to buzzsprout.com. All right, let's go ahead and start stage one. Now, before we get into the actual topic of what to do after Easter, I want to kind of get to know you guys. This is your debut episode as far as being able to see what's going on with 78 Productions contributors. We've had these guys on on a lot of different articles that we've already posted all year so far, but this is the first time we're actually getting you guys to see the face of what is going on with our authors. So first off, TC, we actually get to interact in person. A lot of the relationships I have with all the people on 78 Productions are digital relationships. You actually live here in Colorado Springs. So what was it that got you into church technology with your ministry, with your worship team at your church? Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a pretty active volunteer in my church. I work mostly with the youth ministry. I, uh, I play guitar in the worship band there. I help out with anything that really has a switch, a button, knob, a fuse. You know, whatever it is that's electronic or tech-related, I usually have my, uh, my hands wrist deep in there. Uh, also in the in the main service in our main church, uh, I'm I'm not actively involved as a volunteer, but I am one of the more vocal voices to help out when you know something creatively needs to come about, or uh, they may be stuck in, in somewhere and they they need an outside voice to come in and say, hey, how about this idea? And that's where I got excited working with you, Jeremy. Uh, we met that once at Starbucks. Hopefully, soon again one day. And uh, you know we really kind of met we met through Google Plus. And uh, I started following you on Twitter, and I uh, just kind of made contact with you. And uh, this is something I enjoy doing. I like to get out there, and uh, maybe I've tried the thing that I'm writing about. Maybe it just kind of popped into my head. I'm pretty open about that kind of thing. But I just like to put the ideas out to get people's brains flowing. Maybe my idea isn't the best for you, but maybe what I say can make you say, hey, I could take that and modify it and you know, make it work for me. All right, and Steve, you come from a completely different approach to what it means to do church technology because unlike myself, you have a creative mind. And when you said that you were going to sign on, I was overjoyed because 
I personally steal everything that I, I do as far as creativity goes. Um, and really, I feel very inept to do creativity. So you coming on board fills a complete need on this blog that I don't have. What was it that got you into not only creativity, but then to apply that to church technology? Well, thanks for the introduction. Well, I've actually been involved with church tech for the last uh, 13, 14 years. Really started with sound booth, things like that, doing doing that sort of thing. And then uh, got into graphic design as a career. So being heavily involved in church and then becoming a graphic designer really is my passion. You know, gave me a perspective of, you know, seeing the tech and media side of things and then really a, a in a lot of the smaller to mid-sized churches, just a, a void when it came to, you know, good design or, you know, that those sort of things, whether it's on screen or in print. And so really, um, it's my passion really to make what people see just look better. There's no reason that people have to come into the church and just see just the worst of things. Um, they're presented every day with great design. Um, visually great things in society and to be able to deliver that um, you know we get it when it comes to music we get it when it comes to audio and a lot of those things but uh, I think many churches don't seem to put as much value or maybe they don't have the resources to uh, when it comes to being able to have uh, a visually pleasing um, or well-designed uh, material to help uh, communicate and undergird the message that's already there. Well, and I think that as far as just being able to apply this so that we take it to the next level, I mean, that's the whole idea of this podcast and the newsletter is that we that we go to the next level of what we're capable of. And so I'm actually really excited to just learn from you in the process. Uh, like I said, it's a huge void where I'm at and that's been on this blog. So excited to see where this goes. You already have a great series going, so we'll see what happens. So the topic today is what happens with Easter and how we follow up with that for church technology. We're going to have an interview later on with Josh Burns, who does social media for Park Church in Chicago, Illinois. But before we get to that, I think that there's it's an interesting topic because we put so much effort into Easter because there's new visitors there. There's, there's a different level of what it means to do church, especially for church technology. We want to be able to show off things. We want to be able to just say, this is our church, so inviting, and that's not what happens the rest of the time, but we want you guys to feel welcome and excited. And for church technology, it's a lot of preparation, and it's really high anticipation, excitement, fear that goes on the day of Easter. But what do we do with church technology after Easter? How can we make the best of the moment what are some concerns about after Easter as far as church technology for you guys in your own situations? For, for the people that are there all the time, they're just going to see it as this is what we do. For the people who visit, their perspective might be, hey, this church really does it big. I, this must be what they do every Sunday. And then for the people that return, you might have you know a perspective of, hey, this is pretty cool. They went the extra mile. Or it could be something more negative like, yeah, they're just kind of showing off for Easter. You know, it could be a, a whole gamut of emotions that can run in that. I think from a technology standpoint, uh, we just have to be mindful that, yes, we're going to go a little hard. We're going to go a little heavier than we normally would. Would, uh, but we have to understand that as much as we may want to, sustaining that kind of pace at your current uh, skill or volunteer level could probably lead to burnout kind of quickly. You know, so even though we're putting on a big production, you know, be willing and, and open and scale it back a little bit the next couple of Sundays to kind of recuperate. 
and then get back in at a, at a high creative pace after that. You know, and I think that, uh, TC, that ties in well with my thought from the design perspective, you know, when it comes to uh, what you do in preparation for Easter for the day of and then following up. My main thought is consistency. If you use a certain visual or graphic or type of material following up to Easter and for Easter, it'd probably be a good idea afterward to follow up with new visitors or, or your members or uh, whoever attended with you know visually something that runs along the same theme or follows up with what was talked about that Sunday, kind of a lead-on uh, message after that in the communication you have. But the idea is consistency, to be consistent. If you're going to step it up a level for that Easter, if you can consistently, to some extent, kind of maintain that quality, it's a really positive thing, but that ties into you know, someone's going to see the, the branding or the imaging you're using when they came that day. Uh, if you follow up with those people, with a very similar visual. Uh, they'll connect those dots. They may connect the message, what they heard, be reminded. Um, I think it's a good way to bring their mind back to where you left off because uh, certainly it's good to get new people there on an Easter, and that's just one of the biggest days you're going to get people there who normally would never come to church, and it's good to follow up and continue that thought and that conversation with them. Yeah, I agree. It could be something as simple as the church logo. You, you don't want to go and redesign the church logo just for that one Sunday because if you send out that mail flyer or that email or, or whatever it is and you have the standard church logo and they might be scratching their heads like, who, who are these folks? How'd they get my address, you know? <laughs> well, and and I would also be curious what your guys' thoughts are on the fact that we are putting that new effort out there when we didn't have it before, why is it that this needs to be a new phase for us? And, and I get that it's a special day and I'm not taken away from that, but it's a little concerning. And we've had this conversation off the podcast about there's something about the fact that it's almost like a marketing term called bait and switch, where you advertise one thing on Easter Sunday, this is what it is. And then next Sunday or the Sunday after that, or eventually it's going to wear off that oh, what we showed you there was just kind of a gimmick. We're not actually doing it that way. So what are you guys' thoughts on that? Is that appropriate for a church to do? Or are we really missing the boat? Or am I overblowing this? Yeah, I, I've been accused of maybe making things too simple on occasion. Uh, but I'll put it this way. You know, like people are going to wear different clothes on Easter Sunday. I myself am really excited because next week I'm looking to buy my first suit. So I'm going to go out and try them on and get it all tailored. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to wear it Easter Sunday because I'm going to suit up for Jesus. But I'm going to have one suit, so I'm not going to wear it every Sunday, you know? <laughs> you know, this is a special day, and we're, we're, we're observing this in a special way. Uh, but every Sunday uh, does need to be a level of just genuine attitude there that every Sunday we're grateful for what uh, Christ did on the cross and rose again three days later. You know, that's every Sunday. But I think it's I think it's one of the problems in the church is that churches, they do a big thing for Sunday and it really is a bait and switch because they're not genuinely excited or celebrating that every week in their hearts or lives at all. And this is just kind of a show for those of us deeply involved that it can get to be that way if we're not vigilant or careful to say, remind ourselves of what every Sunday is or what the point is. But I think if every Sunday that is what drives our passion, then it's understandable to say, okay, we're doing a little extra special on the events, but you know, every week we consistently put in our very best. We just don't do as much. I, if, if you give me a big production on Sunday for Easter, I don't want that to be every single week from here on out, especially if I'm a volunteer, especially if it's a two-man show, especially if I'm going to be burnt out after three Sundays. Part of the problem might be that the team needs to grow. Part of the problem might be that Easter 
is we're overdoing it, like you're saying, Steve. And part of the problem might just be that um, we need to carry through and think long term about Easter instead of thinking about it being a one extravaganza, the Super Bowl of Christianity. All right, I think that ends stage one. Let's go ahead and move to the power-up level. All right, so the power-up stage is where we talk about an article that one of us has written and kind of get a feel for what it was that drove us to want to write that article, maybe some feedback that the rest of us have, and even some next challenges on the topic. So... Do you guys have any articles that we've written recently? Well, hey, Jeremy, I'd like to put Steve on the spot if I can. Uh, his part four in the most neglected church communication series I thought was was pretty uh, inspiring. The, the kind of, I'm going to skip to the end here for a minute. We can go back kind of in reverse order. But where Steve's talking about your responsibilities to enhance and not still to show, I think that's such a, a critical mindset and a difficult concept to grasp in our kind of celebrity-focused society that America really kind of is, how everyone, people sometimes aren't satisfied just to, to play an important part, an invisible part, as it were. You see it in soundboard management and graphic design rhythm guitars. I mean, it's everywhere. I do, I've do. i done it. I've been guilty of it. I one time was wearing a wig in a 1980s rocker costume at church, and I climbed up on the uh, side platform of the stage and tried to jump off and about broke my leg. So yeah, Steve, if you want to just, you know, kind of maybe tell us what inspired you with this, with this article beyond, you know, my, my love of, of not hogging the spotlight. Sure. Uh, well, this is the last part in a series of really looking at what I think is one of the most neglected pieces of design within the church, and that is the at least the most important and neglected is the PowerPoint or the, the slide deck that we see from the messages, because uh, everyone's going to see it. It's in front of them the whole time they're there, uh, the whole time that uh, you know message is happening, um, and sometimes there's just the least amount of thought put into it. Um, sometimes too much thought to put into it. And that's kind of what, you know, you're touching on is, and each article, and I started with this, and each one kind of has some of this thought with it, um, you know, as far as not, uh, you know, our job is to enhance and not steal the show. Um, And it's so true in so many areas of behind-the-scenes ministry when it comes to church. Um, Even for the pastor, his job is to, to deliver a message, not be a, you know, a celebrity on stage. Um... <clears throat> like some maybe uh, do, but um, y- you know, I'm not naming any names. But uh, you know, when you're when you're creating a slide or, or doing something visually like that, um, you know, it's good to keep in mind what what the point of it is. Uh, and the point of it is to just help enhance what's already being said. Um, if your goal is to make something that just you know visually people just drop their jaw and just you know, wow, that is just gorgeous. You know, the whole time they're going to be looking at your gorgeous slide and they're not going to hear what was actually said. Um, you know, it's you kind of have, have to get over yourself and, and hope and pray that over lunch after, you know, Sunday morning, they're not talking about your, your pretty graphic, but they're talking about, you know, what was actually said. Um, you know, but the same is true if something's very poorly done. They may talk about it just as much um, if it was done poorly. Um, so I think the idea is to kind of strike that balance uh, as it would be with with music or anything else, and that is, you know, you got to strike a good balance between uh, it's a good quality, but it's not over the top that it's going to just start pulling away from, from the message. Um, you know, I think that's 
that's a thought that I've brought through each part of this series because I think it's so paramount. You know, we can talk all day about, um, you know, theories and, and different uh, styles or tools as far as creating graphics, um, and I could talk all day about those, you know, but a lot of that's pretty worthless um, if you don't get this piece, and that is just what, what your role is and what our overall goal is that we have to keep in mind. For me, one of the best parts about this is not this specific article, but the whole series and how you've progressed. I know, TC, you wrote an article as far as talking about the Worship Media Handbook. And I love it. I love the the fact that it's talking about fonts and it's talking about structure and creativity and just being able to put up something on the on the screen that is beautifully and wonderfully made. But I don't know if I would necessarily give that to a new volunteer. I feel incompetent, but I do know my way around Photoshop and ProPresenter and MediaShout. A lot of our volunteers are still trying to figure out where they fit into this. They don't even know the programs well, let alone what it means to be creative in these programs. And so I think that there's a high level of just wanting to be able to equip our team to be able to do the best that they can and let them serve. A lot of our volunteers serve because they just want to be able to help the church and they don't necessarily have a true passion for church technology. I know that there's women on the team that that they don't fit for men's opening for ministry. And then there's also men or teenagers that they, they don't have a place in the church where they want to serve except for church technology. They don't have a passion. They don't necessarily love Android like Jesse does. They are not creative gurus like you, Steve. They don't, they don't have a passion for being able to put up great blogs, great websites, kind of like what I do. But they want to be able to serve the church. And so for them, church technology is the place to be. And so for me, I want to equip them as best as I can and not overwhelm them. Yeah, and I think, you know, I tell people a lot of times, you know, if I, if you ever look at uh, great painters, um, you know, from way, way back um, in the Renaissance time or whenever, uh, you know, great painters always borrowed or copied or used techniques or styles that they were learning from uh, their mentors or those around them that were successful at that time. And what they did was they brought all those pieces together and made their own, and then eventually got into their own style. Um, so it's it's uh, more than okay to you know see what others are doing who are doing a good job at it, who are doing a great job. Look at what they're doing and you know pull some pieces from here, pull some pieces from there. You know it's not a direct copy, but um, you know definitely want to encourage that. But uh, you know but getting some ideas and trying to apply some new styles. Uh, you know, someone's probably done it already, and, and you should go somewhere to get some ideas rolling. You know, I recommended a, a community on uh, Flickr uh, of church graphic designers in that article. Um, that's been a great resource, and they they give feedback in there as well. Um, it's been invaluable, really. Um, but, uh, Jeremy, back to what you are saying. Yeah, I mean, this, this series start out with, you know, people who have no graphic design skill. Um, at all, and what they can do right now to make, you know, uh, those slides a, a good quality, not distracting, um, and can improve them today. Uh, you know, the church secretary can do this. And then I move from there a little deeper, and then a little deeper and a little deeper toward the end. Um, and that is important because, you know, I'm not going to assume, you know, our church is not very big, um, and I was fortunate enough to be there when we were really small, but, you know, not every church has someone with Photoshop or any kind of design knowledge at all. Um, you know, and most small churches don't. Uh, so I think it's important to try and, you know, uh, it would be 
not as valuable, I think, certainly, if we didn't try and figure out ways that anybody can do this and we can meet people where they are, um, you know, at the same time, get, bring them forward so that they're better next year than they were this year and then get them deeper and deeper. Uh, but again, you know, it comes back to um, just making sure they're not going over the top and, and not on the low end of quality. If you had to, for the lay person that's in church tech ministry, we're going we're gonna to assume it's not somebody that has a degree in creativity or art or Photoshop. And regardless of what we said already, what would be the one tip you would say that they should hold on to? Whether it's something you've written, something you've not shared yet, what would be one thing that a lay person that sits down and does something creative that the whole church would see that they should know? You know, I, I talk about this a lot in a lot of the articles. The one thing I have in mind, and I get made fun of for a lot of it, and a lot of us designers get made fun of for it, and that's okay. I'll take it. Uh, but to me, <laughs> it's it's fonts. Uh, you know, I, I know some people will just cringe at this. Oh, boy, here goes a graphic designer talking about, you know, fonts. Um, <laughs> but I think it's a mistake I see the most, and it's one nobody has to make, and that is... Just keep it simple. Uh, you don't need 13 different fonts, and they're not as creative as you think. Um, just keep it simple. Limit to less than three in anything you're doing, um, and you're going to improve everything probably right off the bat. Um, you know, for the love, just leave Comic Sans alone. I know it's in there, and it looks it may look cool to you, but um, trust me, just move on, um, and uh, I'll get off that soapbox now. But that's probably the one simple piece of advice uh, that anybody in creating anything, uh, just keep it simple. All right, that ends the power-up level. We're going to move to the boss stage with Josh Burns. This week with the Level Up Podcast, I have with us Josh Burns. Josh, you are the social media guy for your church in Chicago, is that correct? That is correct. What is your official title with your church? Um, so... <laughs> I've always heard official titles don't mean much in churches, but uh, sure. my official title is Director of Web and Social Media. Yeah. Well, and, and the reason I ask that is because our topic today is going to be on social media. You have your own blog that's social media in the church. I myself, my job is social media, but I know that my own job with what I do is more an online marketing thing than just social media. So when I ask that, that, that gives a greater context of what we're looking at for you and your church. Sure. So, you on your blog, you have an entire article devoted to not not only what people should do for Easter, but how they should approach it well with social media, both during and the day of. And I love the idea that you are so intentional about preparation and execution for what it is that you do. Can you explain a little bit about what the PDF is and how people can use it just for a quick glance at it? Yeah, yeah. So kind of my heart behind uh, putting that out, this uh, Easter social media plan was, um, you know, just to help help people um, in, in our positions in churches kind of think through a little more intentionally and better how to um, kind of communicate uh, Easter, their Easter services to their church as well as people outside of their church. And then, um, you know, we all we all hopefully know that Easter is um, the most attended um, Sunday for churches across the world. So um, 
with that in mind, we should be we should we should be helping churches, um, you know, make it as easy as possible for for people in their church to invite uh, their friends. Um, so that's that's kind of why I put that out. Um, you know, it's the PDF itself kind of helps helps you think through. Okay, these are these are kind of the steps I should be taking leading up to Easter. Um, it, you know, I give kind of a, a rough timeline of, uh, of you know, when you should be putting out certain certain types of communication, you know, the social media invitation, which I talk a lot about. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and I, I just kind of want to, you know, Put a put a little more uh, hands and feet to um, to this, you know, social media plan that I think um, churches uh, should have around the Easter season. Sure, and, and I love, and it's really probably more for people just to go to the article to see how it is that they can use that well. But I love the conversation of what happens after Easter, and we talked a little bit that about that with the other guys on what church tech in general should do. But you probably have a better understanding with communication and how to engage them well after Easter. So I'd love to hear what are your thoughts on what churches should do with social media after Easter to engage with those that are new to the church or or those that were impacted in some way with everything that you had as far as that prep work. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that we, uh, I think churches should do a real, really focus on, um, especially on the Easter, uh, Sunday is inside of the services, being intentional about making that ask, um, you know, putting information out there, uh, for, um, for the for the following week uh sundays for the following Mm -hmm. services so making sure that communication is so clear like you know i you know be be as clear as possible because you know the majority possibly of people in in that service um on sunday are are going to be uh new visitors and so you really want to you really want to take it down to the lowest common denominator you know talk about um you know service service times um you know what's available for the kids um you know all of those things make sure that's that's clear uh mm-hmm. from the stage you know put it up on screens all of that stuff so that's that's one way inside of the actual service time to make sure um, that that invitation uh, back to the services is is clear. Make sure you know you've got you've got series a series whether you're launching a new series the next weekend or you're going to be continuing in a series you're already in. Make sure you know that is put out there in front of people um so so they know kind of what to expect what 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 are they gonna um receive from the teaching when when they come back the next weekend um so that's that's huge and then you know there's so much we can do on on social media uh to be intentional about this as well so Yes, we should be, you know, making. I talk about in 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 the uh, social media plan for Easter, you know, make sure you're you're live tweeting quotes from the services on Easter Sunday. You're posting pictures, you know, kind of make your social media presence, you know, that that live tracker of of what's happening throughout the day, um, and then 
but as well, you, you know, sprinkle in um, some some valuable uh, asks or invitations to to the next weekend. Um, sure. So. <clears throat> The value, the value that you're going to receive as a church on social media from um, from this Easter plan that you're creating leading up to Easter, and then as well all the traction you're going to get on that Sunday, is you know hopefully you're going to gain uh, more people liking your Facebook page, more people following you on Twitter, you know. So hopefully all these new people are going to be sticking with you on social media. So make sure that that following week after. Easter, um, you've got you've got posts planned out, posts scheduled uh, to really create anticipation for for those uh, following weekends, especially that that weekend after Easter. We're putting um, at, at our church um, at least we're putting a lot of energy, a lot of um, time and momentum into what is what does that Sunday look like after Easter. Um, because that's that's when the hopefully the majority of our new visitors um, are going to stick and they're going to come back that next weekend, and um, so making sure you know our services and you guys probably talked about this on the last episode, but make sure our services are you know produced to the T, like they're they're planned well, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you've got all of those things in place. But as far as social media and communications go, um, you know, making sure that, that you've got uh, your, your sermon series artwork kind of, you've got that planned and going to be posted throughout the week with quotes. Um, again, like even I- inviting people very intentionally back to that service um, the following week. I think I think is huge, and I, it was one thing that as I was as I was putting together this uh, social media plan for Easter, I thought you know it is one thing that I think churches really drop the ball on, um, and I know I know our church has um, in past years, and so I I really wanted to kind of help help other churches understand the importance of of you know the post easter planning making sure you know things are communicated well and you know you're not just kind of like letting things letting things go after easter taking a break i know like for us our staff like we get the we get the Monday after Easter off just because like we're yeah. we're so <laughs> just tired and you know we we've been again running 150 miles an hour so you know that's good that you know we get that rest but um make sure we've got things in place that that following week to kind of um keep the momentum uh going coming off of Easter um so yeah. d- does that make sense Yeah definitely and I think that a little bit of what you say kind of falls into a general thought that you've kind of been pushing that I've deeply held on to of the idea that churches are content factories and in some ways you've already described this but how do churches take that concept of us being content factories into after Easter especially with the understanding that um, a lot of people that we're at the church service are new and so your message might be a little bit different what does that mean for us as far as repurposing all of that content created 
for social media? Is there a different way that we should go about it or should we just continue to keep posting as usual as far as, like you said, that content factory that we're trying to draw from? Sure. Yeah, that's that's a good thought. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's always good to... Uh, <clears throat> I think... I think you can keep the same kind of general practices, the same type of methods. Um, yeah. Again, you, your I think your phrasing, your communication might be a little more um, invitation friendly, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. You know, as, as opposed to kind of our, at least my my regular um, schedule and uh, practices aren't as you know as pushing towards like invitation heavy for the for the weekend service at least until friday hits and then that's when i kind of hit on the invitation but um yeah i think uh you know it is it it would be kind of wise to to have that kind of wrapped into even even the content that you're repurposing you know um i think one of one of the one of the best things that um, has that we've done here at our church is uh, kind of repurposing um, video and audio content and mm. making yeah. sure you know we're we're you know we used so like a year ago we would all we would do is take the Easter sermon. Um, you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, uh, put the whole thing online in audio and video format and then just push it out to people on social media and let them kind of consume that. But, um, you know, what I, I would challenge, you know, people in church communications, what would it look like to even take that a step further and say, okay, we're going to take this 40-minute sermon. I'm going to sit here and really go through and kind of clip out, um, you know, one-minute, two-minute clips that really, like, our pastor just hit it hard. And, you know, um, whether it's it's a good challenge, a good encouragement, um, whatever it is, kind of, you know, go through, take out those clips, and then Mm -hmm. that's like, dude, that's just um, that's that's just content gold right there, uh, you yeah. know, for for social media at least, because you can you can reuse that stuff um, on on Facebook especially and Twitter, and even I've you know I think I might have even put this in one of my email newsletters recently, but uh, even taking out like a 15 second clip from a sermon, you know, where the pastor just really you know was had a good encouragement and and taking that and you know putting that out on instagram now you know as Mm -hmm. instagram has video and it's a 15 second limit um think about you know what how how powerful that that could be as well um for for your people so i think i think though that that is huge um kind of taking that extra time to repurpose that video content is big um and yeah i think you know you can never underestimate the power of (laughs) just well-designed uh well-designed sermon series artwork on social media um you know like 
I think I think people are are beginning, actually, you know, especially new people to the church um, who may have come out of a church at, at a young age and just you know at least the church I grew up in did you know communications was just not a priority design was not a priority so kind of you know being able to surprise people in that way and put out good design on social media and really you know overlay quotes um, from from sermons um, on on those sermon series artworks on Instagram Facebook all of the all of those type of things you know it's it's stuff that you know might be old hat to to some people but um, it's always it's always a good a good reminder to uh, to have those things in your in your social media arsenal I guess so yeah I love it and, and I love the fact that if a church is willing to use a different medium to approach their visitors not only is that showing that you are trying to engage with your audience differently but more than likely you are engaging with people that are not necessarily engaging the same way your congregation is and so having that different approach to delivering content to people will inevitably draw other people that will have a different focus and so in some ways that might be the best thing for your church but just to recognize if that's how they're going to consume media it might be something that you want to adopt and and we had this discussion me and another friend had this discussion offline that whatever changes you make to your church media in some ways you might want to consider adopting those things that this easter might be the testing grounds for you to try something new but then also to keep to sustain it to keep doing something new so that you can continue to engage because especially as you're saying it's not about the easter sunday where you just hit it out of the ballpark but you hit it out of the ballpark for that sunday so that you can continue to hit it out of the ballpark especially with this new audience that you're trying to integrate into your church congregation so i love the idea of new media and and really in some ways a different way of being able to establish relationships with people that might not necessarily know your culture and your church and and the need to be able to step up your game in the whole process yeah yeah i love it and i think you know one of the things that kind of my new my most recent soapbox <laughs> um is just like get you know get out of get out of the routine sometimes sometimes that's what we need and especially for myself as well like i i even you know as i was putting together this easter social media plan i'm looking at my church's um social media presence it's easy to get into kind of what we know and what's comfortable and you know just get into this weekly routine which in some ways i think is helpful for people um Mm -hmm. you know it sets their expectations they know when to expect things at certain times um which is fine but i think you know we we highly underestimate the power of um, trying something new sometimes. And I think in churches, we are notorious for, um, for that. I think that's one of the reasons we've, you know, been so slow on the uptake of adopting, um, you know, new forms of communication, new technology, all of those things. Um, but yeah, I mean, your social, your social media presence, I think is, is an easy way to, uh, 
you know, to do that, to try something new, because that, that's what, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day, that's what social media is. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's trying new stuff and seeing what, what works well in your context. Um, you know, it's people, people ask me all the time, like, what should, what should I be posting to social media? Like what time, what are the best times to post to social media for my church? And I always, I always tell them, you know, I I don't know. It it depend it depends on on your on your audience. It depends on your context. It you know. So I can um, and and I, I I give you know kind of some guiding principles um, behind that. But at the end of the day, you know, you just got to try try new stuff out and um, and see what see what works really well. So um, yeah, I totally um, agree with with what you're saying, Jeremy. So love it. And and for the people that want to try to be able to do social media a little differently this this Easter, I think that they have a lot that they can engage with and try to do a little bit better. So for people that yeah. don't know where you're at online, what would be the one social network that they can connect with you a little bit better? Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of Twitter. So, um, okay. Yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter at uh, J Burno, J B U R N O. Josh, thanks so much for being a part of the Boss Stage. Awesome, thanks, Jeremy. If you guys would like to hear even more what we have to say on the topic of social media, go to our Level Up newsletter where we're going to have exclusive content with our bonus level where me and Josh talk about what it means to have Facebook ads for your ministry and if there should be something that you would actually want to do. So go to the Level Up newsletter, sign up, and get that exclusive content. Thanks for listening to the Level Up podcast. If you haven't yet, subscribe to us on iTunes. And sign up for the newsletter to get exclusive podcast content and freebies. Everyone knows you couldn't spell Nehemiah or whatever it was. <laughs> Shoot me later. There's no going back now. You know, I've noticed that you pro graphic guys love to hate on Comic Sans, and I think it's offensive. Uh, well, I'm sorry for your loss. <laughs> <laughs> I am unapologetic. <laughs> I would have cried.